Welcome to Journey Church Podcast. It's great to have you with us. Here at Journey, we believe that Jesus should be accessible to anyone. So whether you're at home, work, or somewhere in between, you can have access to the weekend's worship experience. If you want to further connect with us, you can find us online at journeyorl.com or any social media platform using at journeyorl. We hope you enjoy the message. Let's get into it. We're going to open up our Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 19 through 26. If you don't have your Bibles, you're good. We'll have it on the screen for you. But we're going to read 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 19 through 26. And I want to let you know beforehand, this scripture in the NIV sounds like a riddle. So it's kind of hard to follow along, but just follow along with me. It's going to make sense at the end. Let's read together. Though I am free and belong to no one, I have made myself a slave to everyone to win as many as possible. To the Jews, I became like a Jew to win the Jews. To those under the law, I became like one under the law, though I myself am not under the law. You get what I'm talking about now. So as to win those under the law. To those not having the law, I have became like one not having the law, though I am not free from God's law, but I am under Christ's law. So as to win those not having the law. To the weak, I became weak to win the weak. I have become all things to all people so that by all possible means I might save some. I do this for the sake of the gospel that I may share in its blessings. Do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one gets the prize? Run in such a way as to get the prize. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. How many say amen to that? Therefore, I do not run like someone running aimlessly. I do not fight like a boxer beating the air. No, I strike a blow to my body and make it my slave so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified from the prize. I want to talk to you from the premise today, competing on purpose. Any competitive people in the house? Hallelujah. Yes, God. Look to your neighbor and tell them, compete on purpose. Compete on purpose. Compete on purpose. Can you help me pray for this message right now? God, I thank you so much for your people. I thank you for everyone that just sits in front of me right now that are ready to receive your word. I thank you, God, that we're not here saying that we're perfect. We're saying that we are imperfect and we are in need of you. We are in need of your grace. We are in need of more of your love and we are in need of more of your strength. We pray that as your name is lifted up, you would draw us all in closer, deeper relationship with you. In Jesus' name I pray. And everyone says? Come on, everyone says? Amen, amen. How many know that good news can only be good news if it's true? Right? If it's not true, in other words, it's a good story. There's good stories out there. How many of y'all saw Black Panther? Wakanda forever? How many know you can't visit Wakanda, though? I'm sorry. How many love the movie Avatar? Dope movie. Amazing. It's not real. I'm sorry. Some of you guys are really going to dislike me with this one. Star Wars. Any Star Wars lovers? Woo! It's not real. All right. But what makes good news good news is when it's true. And what makes the gospel so good is not that it just sounds good, but it's the validity and actuality of its truth and of its evidence. And actually, what makes it so good is that it's for all of us here. It's for all of us. 
The good news of the gospel is not that Jesus came to make bad people good. The good news of the gospel is that Jesus came to make dead people alive. Jesus came to make what was lost to be found. Jesus came for those who are blind to now see. Jesus came for those that cannot hear to now hear. That's what's so good about the gospel. And here's the thing. There is a competition for your life. And your life has so much value that God said, who will go for me? And Jesus said, I will go. Put me in the game, coach. I'm about to live a perfect life, sinless for 33 years, take a death that they deserve, put it on me, resurrect after three days so that my children can win in life every day. Is that good news? Does that beat Wakanda forever? Does that beat Avatar and Star Wars? Yes, it does, Jesus. Yes, it does, because that is good news. But here's the thing. Paul is speaking to a church in Corinth. This is in Corinth, right? So that's how we get the book Corinthians. And he's talking to this church. And the reason why he's talking to them is because this church got some issues, y'all. And one thing that hasn't changed yesterday and still remains today is that there is people in the church that have issues. I am one of them. And so are you. So let's just praise the... No, I'm just joking. We all got issues up in here. If you have issues, holler hallelujah. Hallelujah. You see, that's comforting for those that came today and were like, man, I thought church was a bunch of perfect people. No! It's a bunch of people that are jacked up, just like you and me. And we need a savior. And that's why Jesus has come, to save us and to help us. So Paul is talking to this church, and he is encouraging this church. Guys, you have an issue. The word that they use is divisiveness. And that word is literally, they had an issue with disagreeing with one another, which caused a lot of hostility. It's okay that we agree to disagree on things, right? Right? It's okay that we agree to disagree. But if our disagreeing is causing hostility, chances are there's a lack of humility. Mm. And we need to learn sometimes that it's okay to disagree with one another, but if I'm trying to prove my point that I'm right and you're wrong, there's no humility in that, and that's where we're not looking like Christ in those moments. So that's what the church of Corinth is battling in this, and this is what Paul is instructing them. So my first point for you guys is this. Live to win, not just to be right. If you're taking notes, live to win, not just to be right. Do I have any competitive people again? Make some noise, competitive people. Any people that are athletic sports athletes? Right there, my guy. But I like to be competitive. I wasn't a big sports guy back in the day, and I don't really want to talk about it because it hurts my feelings. I tried out for a basketball team. I didn't make it, so I never tried out for anything else in my life. Anyways, I like to be competitive. And one thing that I'm competitive with, if you come to my house and we have something called game night, it's on. It is on and popping, man. Catchphrase. If you go to Journey, they introduce you to Spicy Uno. It's all rated PG, guys, okay? Spicy Uno is PG. It's a fun game. We have a blast. But have you ever played games with people that they just take the fun out of the game? 
Don't touch your husband. Just look forward. Look. Keep it straight. Don't touch your spouse. Keep your eyes on me. They play, and all they want to do is not just win, but they want to interrupt the game by proving that they're right and everybody's wrong. No, 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 that's not the way you play. That's not the way you play. When you say uno, you can't put the card down right away. You got to wait, right? There's an amount of seconds. Come on, we just want to have fun. I don't want to play if y'all ain't going to play right. Mm-mm. If y'all ain't going to play right, I ain't going to play. No, don't invite me to game night no more. Sorry, we play this thing right up in here. There's a difference between healthy competition and unhealthy competition. What is the positive in a healthy competition? Listen, check it out. Healthy competition makes you better and makes those that are around you better. Hello. Unhealthy competition deceives you and robs the joy from those all around you. I'm going to say that again. Healthy competition makes you better and makes those around you better. Unhealthy competition robs the joy from those all around you and deceives you. We said point number one was live to win, not just to be right. The Bible says in Luke chapter 19, verse, verse 10, Jesus came to seek and save that which was lost. In other words, Jesus came to win and to save, not to prove that he was right and that they were wrong. Jesus didn't come to prove that he was right and others were wrong. Why? Because when you are the righteousness of God, you don't have to prove a point that others are wrong and that you are right. Your fruit will bear witness that you are walking in right alignment with God. Can I tell you that we are in a competition to win over the ability to earn the right to speak and connect with individuals that may not look like us, that may not act like us, that may not dress like us, that may not talk like us. We don't have to necessarily agree for me to love you and to serve you. I'm going to say that again. We don't necessarily have to agree for me to love you and for me to serve you. Paul says, I have become all things to all men that I might save some. But you know what? Before we start saving, we got to start winning. What does winning look like? Winning looks like I want to win the opportunity just to be able to have a conversation with you. I want to win the opportunity just to be a voice of influence in your life. I want to win the opportunity just to be an ear when you need someone to talk to. In my winning your trust, I have now earned the right to hopefully point you in the right direction. Jesus said in John 13, 35, they will know that you are mine by the amount of theology and doctrine you know. Nah, that don't sound right. They will know that you are mine by how successful you are. Mm, no, that can't be right. They will know that you are mine if you go to Bible Institute. Mm -hmm. They will know that you are mine by the way that you dress and the way that you act. Mm, no, no. They will know that you are mine by the way that you love one another. 
Love and serve others with boundaries, but know this, and this is point number two, adaptability and compatibility can coincide without compromise. Adaptability and compatibility can coincide without compromise. What does adaptability mean? Listen to this. The ability to adjust to new conditions. In other words, the ability to take you from your comfort zone to an uncomfortable place. Compatibility, the state in which two things are able to exist or occur together without problems or conflict. Hello. If you consider yourself a believer, your coworkers do not squirm when you come. Oh, here comes this one, starting out trouble. Talking all that Jesus smack. I would listen to you if you were just nice at work. I would listen to you if you just didn't look so angry all the time, like you've been sucking lemons all day. My God. I would, I would listen to you, but man, was that your wife you were speaking to on the phone? Can I tell you that I know what it is to be there? I have a microphone in my hand, but I am the guy sometimes that the coworkers can talk about. Because if I'm not walking in humility, there's a probability that I'm starting hostility. He gives grace to the humble. Come on, somebody. And he opposes the proud. You want grace in your walk? Just humble yourself on a daily basis. You want favor in your life? Just say, it's not about me today, Jesus. It's all about you. You want grace in your marriage? Hey, baby, you need help with them dishes? Let me help you out today. Hallelujah. Wives are like, yes, Jesus. Anointing is in the place. There's power when we humble ourselves because when we humble ourselves, we look just like our king. Paul said, to the Jews, I became a Jew. To those under the law, I became like one not under the law. In layman's terms, when I'm with believers, I can hang and stay true to myself and it be on purpose. When I'm with those that think different than me, I can hang and stay true to myself and it be on purpose and not be weird. We can be Christians and not be weird. Let that just free you right now. Let that just liberate you. You can love Jesus and not be weird. You can love Jesus and still have swag. You can love Jesus and still have personality. You can love Jesus and still wear nice clothes. Come on, somebody. Smell good. Put some deodorant on. I love the Lord. Put your arms down. Pray, praise him like this. Pray. Give him the Methodist praise right here. Hallelujah. 
right here, God. That's where I worship. As long as your standards and values are not being compromised, you are in our position to win and save some. The truth is, and I'm talking to believers right now, if we're not winning people, we're misinterpreting L's as W's. If we're not living missional, that people are like, yo, can I talk to you, man? Yo, you want to do lunch? You want to have coffee? If that's not happening, chances are we're obese Christians, man. Self-consumed. Intaking, but not exhaling. And if you inhale and inhale for so long, chances are you're going to burn out. Chances are you're going to find yourself in a place that's not too healthy because as believers, we're called to... (sighs) You're here on Sunday receiving... Tomorrow at work. (sighs) I think sometimes we make Christianity so much more difficult than what it needs to be. It's just like walking and breathing. Inhale this truth and release this truth because it is the truth that sets people free. How do we secure these wins? How do we make sure that we're not running aimlessly like Paul was talking about? Treadmill Christians. Ain't getting nowhere though. No progression. No moving forward. What are your dreams? Where are you moving? How is God using that? Slide number three. Run for purpose, not for performance. Run for purpose, not for performance. Paul said, it is I who no longer live, but Christ who lives in me. When your life is surrendered to Christ, your life lives for the benefit of others and not just for yourself. You go from being enslaved to being indebted as a servant to others. But in obtaining this position in Christ, you have to find priority in being an activator and a participator, which means it's a dual role. Because if you're not careful to maintain them both, this is what happens. You can either find yourself being a ref in people's lives or being a cheerleader. Don't talk like that. You're supposed to be a Christian. Shouldn't be wearing that. It's not very modest. You listen to that music? Oh my gosh. Mm. I don't know. If I was you, I don't know. Who qualified you? to be someone that has the power and the authority to modify the lives of others. Yeah. 
Christ is not into behavior modification. He's into life transformation, man. <laughs> Jesus came so your life can be transformed, not so it can be modified. This is not about do's and don'ts, man. This is about positioning ourselves in Christ and letting his Holy Spirit transform us from the inside out. I had another point that I wanted to use with the whole cheerleader thing. I wanted to do a whole thing with pom-poms. So I went to three different stores yesterday looking for pom-poms, man. Three. <laughs> okay. From St. Cloud all the way to Millennia. No pom-poms. I went to this uh, hole-in-the-wall sports place. They were like, mm, sorry, sir, no pom-poms. I went to this big spot. I forgot the name of it. It's on, it's like Millennia Boulevard. It's like sports. You know what I'm talking about. This place, big place for sports. And I was like, dude, do you guys sell pom-poms here? And he was like, got to get that from your coach, man. I was like, this is not for me. <laughs> I, I, I don't want, he was like, got to get that from your coach, man. Got to get that from your coach. It's like, thanks, appreciate you. Then I went to Target. I went to Target. Hey, man, Target's starting to have the same place problem as Walmart. Their workers are getting limited and limited, man. I was like, is there anybody that works here? So I go there and I find this guy in the electronics department. My man, Eric. I was like, Eric, I know you work here, but do you know where I can find some pom-poms? And he's like, bro, work in electronics, man. You're asking me for pom-poms? I was like, Eric, can you page somebody? Can you just like, you know? Hey, needs a. And so he did it really loud. He was like, I got a guy here who needs. I was like, Eric. Eric, come on, bro. Came up to you nice, man. And he's like, I got a guy that needs some pom poms. Anybody know where you can find some pom poms? And the guy tells me, dude, no pom poms here. And I was like, man, that's so weird. He was like, did you check the sports uh, aisle? And I was like, yeah, I checked it. He's like, you know what? Cheerleading is not a sport, it's an activity. And I was like, if you're a cheerleader here, I believe in you. But this is what Eric told me, right? This is, this is what Eric said. Can I remind you that activity does not define effectiveness? Transformation and growth does. Jesus. Do you know him? Hey. Didn't I not prophesy in your name? Didn't I not cast demons out? Depart from me. I never knew you. You were a good cheerleader, though, but I wanted you in the game. I wanted you to have effectiveness. I wanted you to be a part of something that matters. I wanted you to be an egg hunt, to love on kids, and to help them, and to show them that they can meet Jesus even through an egg. I wanted you to serve on the dream team, and the setup and breakout team. And I know it's early, but even if they don't see it, I see it. I saw that. I saw your servant heart. I saw what you were doing. Jesus wants effectiveness. He doesn't want activity only. 
Matthew 7, 20 says, you will know that they are mine by their fruit. What is fruit? I'm not talking about bananas and grapes right now. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. And when you remember these things, slide number four as I speed up, what drives a winning mentality is your memory. What drives your run in your marriage is not just a promise you made on the altar, but it's a promise that you make to the Lord on a daily basis to put her needs, his needs before your needs. What drives your run to finish and meet your dreams is that you know that God has given you gifts and abilities and he's given you a calling to impact and influence those locally and those globally. What drives your run to remain pure as a student in middle school and high school is that you remember that sex has a place and it is best experienced within the context of marriage. What drives your run as a single parent to continue to press for your kids is you know that God promised you. Promised you. And you know that this season is not meant to last, it's meant to pass. What drives you is when you remember, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Your rod and your staff, they come for me. Oh, I will praise the Lord. His praise will continually be on my lips because he's good. Your goodness and your mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. If I just remember, it'll keep me having a winning mentality. My last slide. Keep the flow, man. Keep the flow. Keep the flow. Keep the flow. <sighs> that consistency. When you find that flow in your life. You remember when we did that fast in the beginning of the year? And it was really challenging in the beginning. And we're like, man, this fast is tough. Woo! Get thee behind me, Satan. Lord, I can't deal. I'm hungry. Man. But two weeks pass, and by your third week, you had a flow, man. You're like, no, I don't need that. I'm good. Oh, man. Hey, good morning. And your coworkers started a difference, saw a difference in you. Your family saw a difference in you. Your friends saw a difference in you. It's because you had a flow. Get back on that flow. I know it's March, but get back on that flow because he is for you and he is with you and he wants you to be consistent and he wants you to be committed. Why? Not that he can give some, get something from you, but that he can continue to give to you because there is reward. So four action steps. Win in and then win out. Win in and then win out. Number two, control yourself. Don't conform yourself. Control yourself. Don't conform yourself. The only person that you're called to control is you, not no one else. You let God do the rest, but you take responsibility for yourself. Number three, 
Your mission is to save some. Your calling is to serve all. You don't got to worry about trying to save everybody. Believe me, there's a lot of us. We'll work with you. But it's your responsibility that whenever you get a, a chance to serve someone, serve them. From the youngest child to the oldest adult, serve them. What you did to the least of these, you did to me. Number four, obedience will always have a reward. So I challenge you today, let's get competitive. Let's get competitive. Let's be healthy in our competition. What does that mean? I'm going to say I'm sorry first. I'm not going to expect it. I'm going to give what I was expecting. I'm going to serve you first. I'm going to love you first. Why? Because of his model. We love because he first loved us. And you know what initiation does? Initiation welcomes an invitation. Hello. Initiation welcomes an invitation. So what you initiate, you invite. You give love, you will receive love. You give joy, you will reap joy. You sow into someone's life, you're going to get ready to reap this week. I'm competitive, but I'm competitive because my king has won it all for me. If you believe that and you're ready to have a competitive week this week, I want you to stand to your feet. And we're going to get ready to worship. And we're going to be ready to tell the Lord, God, First and foremost, thank you. But secondly, we're going to accept the challenge this week to be competitive. And we're going to say, Lord, this week, I'm going to initiate what I want to invite in my life. I'm going to give what I want to receive because you're the perfect model. If you believe that, I want you to raise both hands in the air and I want to say a prayer over you. Father, I thank you for your church. I thank you for your children. I thank you that this week, we will be competitive for you. We will live to save some, but we will live to serve all. We will live to have a winning mentality because we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. We are more than conquerors through you, Lord. And we thank you that if you are for us, what can be against us? And if you are in a corner, nothing can come against us. We thank you, God, because you are here and you are here right now. And we tell you we love you, we tell you we worship you, and we say that we're committed to you. If you believe that, I want you to worship the Lord right now and give him your praise. Come on, let's worship. Thanks so much for joining us today. We hope you've been blessed and encouraged by this message. We'd love to know how this ministry is touching your life. If you would like to share your testimony or if you have any prayer requests, please email us, amen at journeyorl.com, where we'll have a team of people ready to celebrate with you and pray with you. Also, if you would like to help support the ministry of Journey Church in a financial way, you can do so by visiting journeyorl.com and choosing the giving option. Or text journeyorl to 77977. We hope you'll join us again soon. Have a great week.